Do you obsess over barbecue? Or maybe you're just getting started and want to learn more. Light up the pit and join me, Kurt Mueller, lifelong barbecue fanatic and competitor on the pro circuit as I have the most passionate people in barbecue from pit masters to restaurant owners. Join me on the show, sharing their barbecue journey, their unique tips, tricks, timelines, and techniques that will make sure your barbecue gets better every time you fire up that grill or pit. Welcome to The Barbecue Life. All right, welcome into today's show. I'm joined by a return guest, Mr. Bobby Gay with Sweet Meat Butcher Shop. He's joining us all the way from Gainesville, Florida. Bobby, your second appearance on the show. Thanks for joining us, my friend. Hey, thanks for being here and looking forward to talking all things barbecue with you. I love it. So for our listeners, the last time Bobby was on, we were talking a lot about, you know, he is a competitor, his team, and uh, we were able to connect uh, at the, I believe we connected at the Dilly Dally and Dooley uh, back in uh, last February, I think is where we uh, first connected, if I remember correctly. But this time, a lot's changed since Bobby was on the show almost a year ago. It's crazy. It's almost been that long already. Uh, a lot has changed. And uh, Bobby is on the cusp of opening up his own butcher shop, Sweet Meat Butcher Shop, down in Gainesville, Florida. And that's going to open pretty much any day soon now, right? Uh, yeah. So we're looking, we're probably about a couple months out. So, uh, you know, still some finishing touches to, uh, to put on the business, but, uh, we're, we're getting really close now so we can, uh, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I love that. I love that. And for our listeners, take some time and, and follow, uh, Bobby's journey with this butcher shop. You can find him at, at sweet meat butcher shop, Bobby G that's B O B B Y G on Instagram and at sweet meat butcher shop on Facebook. And so instead of talking about journey uh, into competitive barbecue, we're going to talk about journey into owning a butcher shop, because that is exactly what Bobby is doing. And so I'm curious, educate us, educate us on this, this journey, this, this, what was, what was the why behind you deciding, Hey, you know what? I want to open up a butcher shop. Sure. Well, uh, that, that journey started in uh, early 2021. You know, my wife and my wife's a nurse practitioner and uh, in pediatrics, and uh, she was just overwhelmed with, uh, you know, with COVID patients. And, uh, you know, myself, I, I've been in the industrial sector for over 20 years. You know, we saw that at work. So, we, you know, we went through that. We were definitely both burnt out. And in May of 2021, I went through a significant injury at work. So uh, I was burned with a uh, had sustained a, chem a chemical burn. And uh, had to be life flighted to uh, Augusta Burn Center. And, uh, you know, after, I guess when I was in recovery, my wife said, why don't we open up a butcher shop? You know, there you go. That's where the dream began. You know, I have a buddy, a couple buddies that, that own butcher shops, one in the Atlanta market and another in, uh, in Cordell, and they're both successful. Neither one had uh, a lot of experience with butcher shops prior to opening them. And, uh, you know, we went down and met with both and uh, decided this is something that, you know, I want to do. I think uh, competition barbecue kind of lends itself to, uh, you know, butchery. We have to, uh, you know, to fine tune meats when we turn them in and make them look good for the box. So, uh, you know, that kind of lends itself into, uh, you know, being a better butcher. So that's really where the dream began. You know, 
through this journey over, I guess, a year and a half, we've, uh, you know, we're about to, you know, it's about to come to fruition. I love that. So, you know, the biggest thing I love about that story is that you just decided to do something and you did it. And I think that that right there is a big theme that we have here on the show, whether you're starting a butcher shop, whether you're starting to compete backyard pro, whether you open up a restaurant, I think the biggest thing you can do is commit to it and do it. So that's awesome to hear. Um, obviously, a lot of work, a lot of, lot of anxiety, I'm sure, a lot of uh, sweat equity, so to speak. But I love hearing stories like that. So, well, let's talk about the meat. Let's talk about the butcher shop itself. And one big question I have is, you know, in, in your local market there in Gainesville, what, what's your vision uh, for the for the butcher shop? What's your vision to, you know, rise above and separate yourself amongst the, the, the various other, you know, competitors that you're going to face in the marketplace? Sure. Well, uh, to really differentiate ourselves, our business is essentially going to be four revenue streams into uh, into one business. So first, you know, our core business is the butcher shop itself. So you're selling meat to, uh, you know, from A to B, you know, from uh, customers walking in the door. And uh, we want to have a more of a traditional butcher shop with display cases instead of uh, tray packing. Now, I don't think you can operate a butcher shop without tray packing, but for the most part, we want to, uh, to have that, that service interaction between customers. So uh, we want to be able to recommend, you know, certain types of uh, meat products that customers want and maybe don't know about. So, uh, you know, that could be, you know, like a chuck roll steak or it could be a flat iron, different grades of beef. You know, so uh, our goal is to carry a base of upper two thirds choice, uh, prime and then multiple sectors of Wagyu. So, you know, there's American Wagyu that's uh, Japanese Wagyu cattle uh, genetics bred with uh, Angus. So there's uh, Australian Wagyu. Uh, which is uh, a lot like American Wagyu, uh, but I think it's, you know, in, in some ways better. And then, uh, you know, Japanese Wagyu, if you've ever seen it, it's the marbling and it's crazy. So we want to carry that as well. And, uh, you know, we have a, a price point for all range of customers walking in the door. So our, as far as pork goes, uh, we're going to carry Prairie Fresh products. So uh, I struck up a relationship with David uh, Earhart and Bob Comito with Prairie Fresh, and uh, they were able to uh, to put me in a uh, in a relationship with a purveyor. So uh, we'll be carrying that as pork. Uh, we also have a uh, uh, the availability of Compart pork as well. That's a very high end po- uh, pork product. You know, very good pork and uh, and beef products there. Uh, we're also going to carry some exotics. So we'll carry elk. Uh, we'll carry some venison and, uh, you know, some other exotics. I actually ran across one the other day about kangaroo meat. So I don't know how many people would want kangaroo, but, you know, we have the availability to get it if you'd like it. You know, that's just some of the things that, uh, you know, we're looking at getting for the uh, butcher shop uh, for the core base model. So we're also, we're going to be a catering company. So, you know, recently we've dipped our toe into, uh, into the catering side of things and I was able to, uh, you know, to cook a whole hog and, and you know, a few other things for a uh, local fraternity. And uh, it was a huge hit. Uh, so that's something that, you know, we'll be able to offer that not a lot of people in Gainesville can uh, can provide. So, uh, you know, we'll be able to, you know, cater a whole hog dinner for you if you like. So that's kind of the second sector of the business. And then 
third uh, barbecue supply. So, you know, we're going to be carrying the upper, you know, competition, you know, rubs and sauces. You know, we're going to be carrying, you know, Heath Riles products, Myron Mixon's products, uh, Tillman's barbecue uh, products. I don't know if you've heard of Tillman Lee Nelson or not, but we're going to be carrying his stuff and Mr. Rub Badby's Swamp Boys products and, and Sweet Smoke Q as well. So, you know, we're going to have a little Florida flair in our butcher shop too. And then lastly, you know, we're going to build our own smokers. So I've partnered with a, uh, a fabrication company to, uh, you know, to build offset patio smokers. Uh, we don't really want to venture too far out from that space. We want to stay where we, uh, we're comfortable with for now. And uh, so we'll be able to provide patio models for, uh, for people coming in and uh, looking to buy a high-end smoker. Additionally, we're going to be carrying, you know, drum smokers, more than likely big green eggs and pellet smokers as well. So, uh, you know, a lot to offer the general public in our, in our shop. So literally a one-stop shop for any barbecue fanatic, newbie, professional, you name it. Doesn't matter what stage they're in, if they're trying to become king of the backyard or they're trying to win a couple of GCs, it sounds like you're going to have them covered. And I think, you know, I don't, I don't know every butcher shop in the country, obviously, but I think that model right there is unique in and of itself, right? Which is, which right there sets you apart. But one thing you said that, that really struck me, and I think it's important for uh, listeners to understand this. If you're listening to the show and you're, you know, have this mindset of, Hey, I want to start my own business, whatever it may be, catering, butcher shop, smoker company, you fill in the blank. One thing that Bobby just said, it was around service. And I think that that is huge, especially when you have, uh, you know, you're a product-based business and you're not the only game in town, right? They can get those products from someone else. You have to really commit to service. And that was actually one of the first things that you said when I asked that question. So I love that because ultimately, and we just had another guest on the show that talked about this, you know, talked about, you know, make, making people feel good. You know, those people that you interact with, making them feel good about the experience. They may not buy anything from you, but they walk out of there feeling good. And most times they're going to tell their neighbor, they're going to tell their friends, hey, go check out Sweet Meat Butcher Shop. You know, they were super nice, et cetera, et cetera. And you and I both know if they have a negative experience, they're going to tell 100 people, right? That's just how that's just how it works. But I love what you said there about service, because I would agree. I think that's a great way to really set yourself apart. And, you know, offering those multiple different lines of products, I think is unique in and of itself. So hats off to you, sir. I mean, that, that is a, that's, that's a bold move, right? I'm sure it's a lot taking it on a lot, but that is, that's exciting. I'm excited to make a trip down to Gainesville to, uh, to see it. Now, what, for those that are in the Gainesville area, do you have a location? Is what, can you tell us anything about that? Sure. Uh, actually the, uh, the location is in High Springs, Florida, which is just North of Gainesville. So it's like a suburb of the uh, the Gainesville market. It's in between Lake City and Gainesville off of uh, exit 399. You know, the funny thing is, you know, in, in this journey, we've gone through five different sites. So the very first site we picked out, we were a week before closing. That was right before, you know, our very first uh, discussion. And uh, we had a seller back out. So uh, we go back through the drawing board. We find another one. We get a contract. And uh, we had another issue with it. So uh, finally on site five, you know, we found one, you know, that worked well. So, you know, it's a two acre site, 
you know, 3,000 square foot plus building. And, uh, you know, it lends a, it's really a blessing in disguise. So we have the, uh, you know, the area to do a lot of different things. You know, one thing that, that I want to do is uh, I want to do a hog shootout. So I want to do, uh, I'm kind of addicted to cooking whole hogs now. So yeah, I've cooked <laughs> a few now and uh, it's, it's fun. So what I want to do is uh, maybe partner up with, you know, MBN. If anybody out there listening can uh, can shoot me some info on them, I'd love to talk to them. But I want to do a uh, um, I want to do a hog shootout. So let's get uh, competition teams. Let's find out who can cook the uh, the best whole hog, and uh, we'll figure out prize money and that kind of thing, and make it worth worth their while. I think that's a you know cool little facet to a competition barbecue that not a whole lot of people do. You know, we can do steak cookoffs there. I mean, there's a lot of room to uh, to do stuff. I'm building a back patio at this uh, facility. So uh, we, we're going to do barbecue classes. So, you know, by no means am I a world champion in barbecue, but I do think that I do have a skill set that I can get somebody on the path to, uh, to competition. So we're going to offer classes in competition barbecue, but we're also going to do one for, for beginners. So like a barbecue 101 deal. So teach them how to manage a fire, teach them how to you know, run their smoker at home, to, uh, to cook great barbecue. And, uh, you know, there's a million ways to cook barbecue, but, you know, with my fleet of smokers, I have a pretty much can run the gamut on any, any smoker you have between, you know, pellet smokers all the way to a whole hot cooker. So, uh, you know, that's something that we can do to differentiate ourselves even further from other competition. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm with you. I love cooking a whole hog. It's, it's challenging. It is a lot of work, but I love the challenge of the different, parts of the hog that you have to turn in. They cook differently. And I think uh, I want to camp out on something you said. Well, two things really that, that struck me, and that is number one, just because you're not a grand champion or a world champion or what or fill in the blank doesn't mean that you don't know more about barbecue than 90% of the population. And I think that's really, really important because there's a lot of teams out there. There's a lot of folks that I talk to that say things like, well, I don't, I don't have any grand champions or reserve or, and I said, look, you don't need that to, to teach 90% of the population how to be a better backyard cook. And so I love how you're not shying away from that. You know, I think you're, you're right on the money. Let's face it, you and I, it's, I think it's reasonable to say that you and I and other, you know, pro teams, backyard teams out there that consistently cook, we know more than 90% of the population. I think that's a fair uh, statement to make. And I think there's absolutely value in what you can bring to the table there. So yeah, couldn't agree with you more on that. That's a, that's a big uh, thing that I'm pushing for right now, just in, uh, you know, on, on social media is to get folks to, Hey, you know, share what, you know, you may not have 17 grand champions. You may not be, you know, in the hall of fame, but you probably know more than most people. Um, So I, I love that, that aspect of it. Now let's camp out on the whole hog piece because, you know, I'm curious about this. What about the whole hog? What about it do you enjoy? Because you said it was one of your favorite things to cook. So let's camp out on that. What about that whole hog is, makes it your favorite thing to cook? Well, I think it's the, you know, the point that you brought up, it's uh, different parts that you pull cook at different temps. So, uh, you know, you got to manage your hams differently, you know, as opposed to, you know, shoulders because, you know, hams are going to be around that, you know, that 185, 190 mark, you know, your shoulders are going to, you know, they're going to need to be around 198, 
you know, 195, you know, and the biggest one is a loin and bacon meat, you know, specifically loin. You know, your loins are going to finish around that, you know, 140-ish, you know, mark. And, uh, you know, if you go much higher than that, you're going to dry them out. So that's a technique in itself. And there's a lot of different tricks that are used to, uh, to keep them from drying out. And then, you know, really from a presentation standpoint, you know, uh, depending on how you cook your hog, you know, it can really be a challenge. If you did like a robo hog like the shed does, I can't imagine how difficult it is to, uh, to have a loin turn out perfect. Because uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, they have this little device where they go uh, like a, a racing hog. So they stand the hog up on a uh, apparatus that they've uh, fabricated. So the presentation is immaculate and obviously it's done pretty well for them. I think they've won Memphis and May a few times with it, but uh, you know, the hogs I've cooked have been belly up and uh, just definitely a challenge to make sure your loins turn out right. That's, that's really the challenge is making sure all three pieces or areas turn out, you know, the right temp. That's exactly right. And the good news is, you know, down, down in, you know, in the Southeast where we, you know, are located, there's some of the best hog cookers in the world. You know, you, you got teams like Bubba Grills, you've got uh, over in Mississippi, you've got Hog Addiction, you know, you've got some, you know, Boom Boom Q. I mean, you've got some big time hog cooking teams. And I think, you know, I think having a, a competition like that uh, with the NBN, I think would be a great, obviously a great promotional tool for you, but just a great way to get the community involved and, and, you know, bring awareness to not just the sport. I mean, the sport's one thing, but, you know, for me, I want to bring awareness to barbecue in general. Doesn't matter if they want to go compete or not. If I can help them, you know, become a, a better backyard cooker in their own, at their own house, then I feel like I've done my job. So, you know, I love that, that mentality that you have, that philosophy that you have of, you know, giving back, right. You know, paying it forward, so to speak, all the things you've learned and, and, and trying to help others. So hats off to you, man. I think that uh, you've got a very unique uh, setup and I'm excited to see it all uh, come together because as I said, you know, going to, you know, it's one thing to go to a grocery store and buy the meat. It's another thing to go to a butcher shop where the people there know what they're doing. Right. And they, and they know they can take the information you give them and be able to make a recommendation same way that if you went to a nice restaurant you know you'd have the the wine uh sommelier you know you tell he or she what you're looking for and they come up with a with a with a prescription so to speak so i i love that aspect of it and i think it's going to do i think it's going to do really well I, I think that you know as you know there's a lot of great teams shoot there's a lot of great teams probably within what about a 30 mile radius of you right oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. you mentioned, you mentioned one of them and he's been on the show, Mr. Rub, you know, Rub Begby, uh, with Swamp Boys. I mean, he's Hall of Famer himself, you know, um, had, had lines a mile long, uh, at, at Pig Fest when we were down there in, in January. So, um, I think, I think that's great, man. Now tell me this. So this, you mentioned some of the challenges along the journey. You talked about, you know, you, you know, you had, you had contract seller backed out, then the next one didn't work out. And basically you had to go to, you know, your, I think you said fifth property, right. was the, was yep. the kind of the, finally you were able to get it. What other challenges ha, were you, fa, were you faced with, you know, throughout this process um, that, you know, may be helpful for others to hear, because I'm sure we've got some folks listening that might be saying, Hey, you know what, I'd, 
I'd love to open up a barbecue supply or a butcher shop or whatever. What were some of those challenges? I'm curious. Sure. I think the uh, the biggest challenge that we faced was, uh, you know, really equipment. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, equipment has gone up dramatically over the last three or four years. So it's probably doubled in price. And then, you know, uh, you better know your electrical requirements because if you're going to open up a butcher shop, you really need three-phase. So, uh, <laughs> you know, most places have three-phase electrical uh, power, but uh, I didn't. So, <laughs> so I've had to work around those challenges. So, uh, you know, it was just cost prohibitive to, uh, to run three phase where my building is. So, you know, the quote I got was uh, astronomical and uh, it was just cost prohibitive. So, uh, you know, from a supply chain standpoint, walk-in coolers and display coolers, that's the, you know, you can find reach-in coolers and freezers. They're, they're everywhere. Uh, but finding uh, walk-in coolers and, and uh, walk-in freezers you know, that, that's a challenge because of the uh, really the condenser shortage that's out there. So, you know, you may wait, you know, months upon months to get your condensers for your walk-ins. And even the panels, you know, the the uh, the foam product that's used to make walk-in coolers, uh, there's a shortage of it. So that was another obstacle that we had to, uh, you know, to, to jump through. So we originally were going to open in January. But because of some of those issues right there, that you know prevented us from uh, being able to open. So now we're on the tail end of that, and we're actually building the uh, the walk-in coolers here in the next couple of weeks. So you know we'll be uh, right on time. You know, I love that. So what I what I heard there was no kind of electrical output or input. I'm not an electrician, as you can tell, but no electricity. Know what you need, <laughs> and order your equipment way ahead of time. <laughs> absolutely absolutely and get good stuff so that was the big the hey the crazy one that uh that got us early yeah, i think it was site three was dot actually uh i won't say blocked us you know from uh building a site but they made it cost prohibitive on a particular highway we were trying to go to so uh the population density on this particular highway was such that uh we couldn't build a uh a shop to you know, to go into without putting in a, uh, a turn lane and a turn signal. So uh, the prices wow. on those are pretty dramatic. So it's half a million bucks. So I said, well, we wow. got to we got to walk away. So uh, it's pretty cost prohibitive for us to build on a particular site we were looking at. But like I said, the one we have now is a blessing in the skies. It's a two acre site and, you know, we have a lot of room to, uh, to do a lot of different things. The DOT was certainly a big surprise, something I wouldn't even consider. And hopefully that's helpful to somebody listening that, you know, that could be a, that should be a consideration, you know, but you're right. Half a million dollars for that. That's, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, not at all. Yeah. You talked earlier about, you know, giving back to barbecue and you and I have talked you know, extensively about, you know, how do we grow barbecue, you know, competition barbecue, but barbecue in general too. You know, one of the things that my wife and I talked about early on was, uh, you know, it's really expensive to compete in competition barbecue. And one of the things that we want to do to give back is uh, we want to offer a cost plus 20 percent, you know, deal for all comp- you know competition teams. And, uh, you know, we feel that's, you know, that's a way that we can give back, you know, to, uh, you know, to competition barbecue. And, uh, and really try to help grow the sport and alleviate some of the cost it takes to uh, compete. Because, 
you know, thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a contest, that's a lot of money. So if we can, uh, you know, help alleviate that, that's really, you know, that's one of the things we want to do, you know, as a shop is to uh, to help, you know, grow the sport by doing so. And you're right. That's huge. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, passion for barbecue is a big deal. You know, otherwise, why would people do it if they're not passionate about it? And I've heard, you know, a lot of folks say that, hey, I love barbecue. It's a hobby. You know, I'm not really concerned on trying to break even or anything like that. And I and I get that. However, on the flip side of that, you know, if it's not financially sustainable long term, then you really got to take a hard look in the mirror, in my opinion, and say, okay, is this something I'm going to commit to knowing full well that financially this doesn't make sense long term? Because, it, you know, competition barbecue, as we all know, is not a good retirement strategy. <laughs> it's, no, it's, just, not it's, 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 it's not. And it's like most hobbies, right? But I think there's, it's finding that balance. Um, and obviously, you know, how do you find that balance? You know, some of the bigger teams, of course, have their own rubs and they do classes and, you know, they, they have sauces, et cetera. And that's one way they help offset that. And I think that that, I think that that's really where the future is going. In my in my opinion, I think that's where the the few, because something's got to give. You know, you talked about equipment prices. You know, and they're hard. It's hard to get equipment. Equipment prices are through the roof. You know, same with same with meat and other supplies. At some point, it's gonna it's gonna come to a head. I think, and people are gonna take a step back and say, "Wait a minute." You know, the, financially long term, this doesn't doesn't make any sense. And frankly, I mean. To be totally candid with you and the listeners, I mean, that's that's where we are right now. You know, we did 18 competitions last, last year. I look back on it. We had a lot of fun, met a lot of great people, learned a lot about barbecue. Don't regret any of it. But if I look at it from a purely business and financial standpoint, it was a terrible decision. Yep. <laughs> it was, you know, it was, there's no two ways around it. And so this year, you know, I said, okay, well, let's really focus on the competitions that we enjoyed. Let's not do so many. Let's focus on larger ones. And then let's, you know, layer in some other things like a lot of other teams do, you know, they might do some catering, like you talked about doing some catering, you know, cooking for, you know, big events like the Super Bowl. We just had that, things like that. I think more and more teams are going to get into that. And this is actually a great lead-in to my, to the last thing I wanted to chat about. And that is the future of competition barbecue, right? Because we, you and I both know, and and other teams listening know, or they should know, that it's no secret. Competition barbecue has really scaled back uh, over the last two to three years. You know, less competitions, less cooks. Here's my question to you. What do we need to do or what can we do as teams to help right the ship and bring in more teams? And here's the big one, provide more value to these event organizers. What are your thoughts there? Sure. Well, I think the first thing is, uh, you know, I think Memphis and May did something really cool that I heard about. I never, I've never been there. Uh, that's a bucket list thing for, you know, for me to contest for me to go cook. One thing I've heard that they've done is uh, they do MVP or VIP experiences. So mm -hmm. a fan will buy a ticket and they're able to, uh, to go to a competition trailer or a tent and see what really goes on behind the scenes. So, you know, the, uh, the team gets a benefit because they gain exposure, you know, to a, uh, a fan base, the contest organizer makes money on it, you know, so they can recoup some of their costs and uh, the fans get a good experience. 
so they're, they're able to really see, taste, and feel, you know, what it is to, uh, to compete in competition barbecue. So that's one thing that I think would be a, a great idea. You know, I don't know if all – I highly doubt all cook teams would want to commit to doing that, but uh, I think it's something that you should definitely think about. You know, partner with a uh, purveyor. You know, we, we would love to partner with some folks. If, you know, teams would donate some of their time and effort to help grow my brand by maybe coming in and cook, you know, cooking a class or something like that, then, uh, you know, it gives you exposure and we could work out a deal to alleviate some costs for you on the meat side. So I'm definitely not opposed to that. Obviously, I can't, you know, do it for, you know, a ton of teams, but I would definitely be all ears for a few. And, and the biggest thing is uh, I think more people need to do classes. The more people that know about this sport and get involved in it, the, you know, the better. So and it may just be somebody's nervous about, you know, cooking a brisket. I'm I thinking the, in the first show, God knows I was probably the worst in the world at it, but I've gotten <laughs> you know, substantially better, you know. So I was trying to make, uh, you know, bombs out of gas grills, trying to cook a brisket. So, you know, if I can, uh, you know, get to a point where I'm getting calls in brisket, then, you know, I can teach somebody to do the same. And, you know, there's a thousand people better than I am than, you know, at brisket. But, you know, that's one way to do it is teach more classes, get more people involved, do demonstrations. Those are, you know, a few items that could, uh, you know, help grow the sport. Well, you hit the nail right on the head with your, you know, you talked about Memphis and May and what they did. I think that's a great strategy to, one, for teams to provide value to the organizer so that it's a two-way street. And secondly, to, to get the general public engaged. Even had one guest on the show, you know, we were just brainstorming ideas and he thought, well, why not incentivize teams that agree to give, you know, a v, for lack of a better term, a VIP tour or whatever you want to call it, incentivize them, say, hey, you know, we'll give you an extra point on the scoring, which, you know, like in KCBS world, you know, FBA too, I mean, one point can mean the difference between, you know, GC and third place. So, yep. you know, so that I think that that's a valid, you know, a valid argument or point to make there is, is that could be a way to incentivize that. Like you said, not every team is going to want to do it, and that's okay. The challenge is, is if every team has that mindset, then eventually it's just going to die off. Um, yeah. That's just the harsh reality of it. So, yeah, I love what you said about, you know, bringing some teams in, doing some classes, or even just teaching their own classes. I think you're dead on the money. You don't have to be a grand champion to teach a class. Same token, you also shouldn't be charging a 1000 bucks either. <laughs> so, you know. If you've got a if you got a whole shelf full of grand champions, that's different. Uh, or, you know, a bunch of reserves and all that, that's different. But, you know, I, I still think you, as we talked about earlier, you can still provide value, you can still help others, uh, because you, you know, most of us know more than 90% of the population. So again, for our listeners, uh, Bobby's one of our favorite guests. He's actually, you actually hold the title, uh, two titles actually on the show. You have the most listened to episode, still running. Uh, 45 episodes later and you're the and you're the first returning guest we've had so uh you've got two different two different titles that you hold but uh, for our listeners make sure to check out bobby and all the cool thing he's doing sweet meat butcher shop uh, on facebook at sweet meat butcher shop and then on instagram at sweet meat butcher shop bobby g bobby thanks again sir enjoy the conversation and appreciate you coming on the show yes sir thanks again kurt 
Thanks so much for listening to The Barbecue Life. Share this episode with a buddy who loves barbecue or is just starting to get into it. Follow us for more on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Talk to you next time. Keep calm and smoke on.